Let's go NKO. Welcome to the Nerd Knockout Podcast, where we talk anime, gaming, and movies. You're listening to The Hype Man, and it is Saturday, November 12, 2022, right now. It's been so long since I've done an episode of NKO that I've practically forgotten how to do a, a podcast, but I'm finally back to the mic. Missed you guys. Hope you missed me too. Hope you miss this podcast. I've been busy with my high school reunion, as I said back in episode 16 of NKO, but that finally ended last week, and it was a massive, huge success. It was a ton of fun, but it was also a ton of work, and now I can get on with other projects that I'm working on, like this podcast. Also, in these last few weeks before today, honestly, I wasn't very hyped about anything nerdy in particular, so I didn't have much to podcast about. Uh, But when it rains, it pours, and now there's plenty to talk about. So let's dive into today's topic, which is my spoiler review of Wakanda Forever. So warning, spoilers ahead. Wakanda Forever just came out yesterday. Officially, I was able to watch it during preview night on Thursday with my girlfriend, and I just wanted to share my thoughts because, in my opinion, this movie was a big deal. It was the last movie of Phase 4, and it was meant to be a tribute to the late, great Chadwick Boseman. And it's also Marvel Studios' answer to how it plans to, you know, still move forward with a superhero as beloved and idolized as the Black Panther now that uh, Chadwick Boseman is gone. I have been looking forward to this movie ever since that first trailer released uh, back in the summer, I believe, and it was just, I would say, that, that was the best cinematic trailer that Marvel has ever come out with. I watched it multiple times and it moved me to tears multiple times. So I just had this feeling that Wakanda Forever, the full film, wasn't going to live up to the impact I felt from that trailer. But I kept an open mind while watching. I'll say this, it's a solid movie, it's a good movie, and I do feel a lot of heart and work went into making and honoring Bozeman's memory. It feels a bit long at times, but it has wonderful dialogue between cast members, wonderful acting, and a good amount of Marvel action that I love to keep it going. My main complaint with the movie is that it's literally, at times I would say, that maybe over half of the movie, a filter or something is used on the screen that makes scenes extremely dark. I mean, we're talking DC Cinematic Universe kind of dark. And I get that it's a dark movie, it's a dark theme, and the filters go along with that. It's a movie about loss and death and depression and grieving and trying to move on from that loss. And we've all been expecting those themes to take center stage after the untimely passing of the amazing actor Chadwick Boseman, who played the original Black Panther. So I feel it was a stylistic choice to make it that dark. A lot of the settings in the film naturally call for dark lighting. A big part of the movie happens underwater after all. 
But even so, they could have easily come up with some excuse to light up the rooms in the underwater Telokan areas. I mean, it might just be me and my eyes getting older, but I had to wipe the lenses of my glasses multiple times thinking the movie can't possibly be this dark. I was straining my eyes to enjoy what was happening on screen and that just distracted me way too much. I do plan to watch the movie in theaters again. Maybe it was a projector problem at my theater. We'll see. That was my major gripe with the film. I also felt they used unsteady, shaky camera work a little too much, again distracting me from what was happening on screen. Maybe it was a response to the critique of the last Black Panther movie feeling too CG, too artificial in its visuals. Other notes, um, M'Baku is a fun scene stealer just like he's been in the past. Angela Bassett playing Shuri's mother and the queen had a much stronger presence this time and she did a masterful job playing a dignified strong woman who has lost so much. Uh, Riri Williams' Ironheart suit was awesome and the actress did a satisfactory job playing a college teen genius. And Letitia Wright and Shuri as Shuri and Danai Gurria as Okoye do phenomenal jobs getting giving emotional performances. Last but not least, you have Namor, played by Tenok Huerta. He did a fantastic job bringing to life an antagonist who pisses you off, but at the same time, one you can't help but empathize with. As for the action, the most memorable fights for me were definitely during the final act of the film. That's when we see Shuri take on the mantle of Black Panther, and the Wakandans and Talokan people go head-to-head -head in a sea battle. The visuals are pretty amazing, and a lot of it is, thankfully, well-lit. Because the scene happens outside in the daytime, where the sun is hitting everything. Definitely want to enjoy that fight again when I see the movie a second time on the big screen. But you know, I also have a point. I have to point out a plot hole that just came to mind uh, in that big ocean fight. Whatever happened to the border tribe and their vibranium shields and blaster spears? Wouldn't those have been solid defense against the Talokan weapons? I guess it's too solid, so they magically got rid of them for a more visceral weapon-to-weapon -weapon fight. Oh well, we'll see if Pitch Meeting picks up on that. So that's my two cents on Wakanda Forever, a solid movie with solid acting that is visually literally too dark. Let me know what you guys thought about the movie in the comments. Lastly, I just want to take a moment to pay tribute to another great superhero actor who passed away suddenly from cancer, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman from the 90s animated series, the Arkham games, and a dozen other Batman projects, passed away at 66 years old last Thursday. I learned about this yesterday, and like for many other people, this was heartbreaking news as Conroy's friend and Joker voice actor Mark Hamill, Hamill said, quote, He is Batman. 
to me personally, that is the definitive ver voice of the Dark Knight, the one I grew up with. Kevin Conroy's take on Batman was and is massively influential on every other Batman performance out there. Coincidentally, Batman, the animated series, first aired in 1992, exactly 30 years ago from today, uh, from this year, excuse me. And since then, Kevin Conroy has played the character over and over again, breathing life into him, making Batman real in our hearts and minds. And he will be greatly missed. Thank you for inspiring me as Batman, Kevin. Rest in paradise. Rest in peace. And that's all for episode four, uh, 17 of NKO. As we wrap things up, I want to remind everyone of a figure giveaway we're doing for Nerd Knockout's followers. When we hit 150 followers on both Spotify and Twitter, I will randomly give away a free Dark Souls collectible figure to one of our followers. Still fresh in the box, never open. Shipped right to your door. Check out our Facebook and Twitter for more details on that. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Spotify. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm your host, The Hype Man, signing off, reminding you to enjoy your taku life. See you soon.